Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. Because he's got a big one, and he's pulled back-to-back change-ups to get the jump. And there's a high fly ball back into right center. That ball's got a chance to go. Out of here. Home run. How about Taylor Walls? Because he's got a big one. To a Monday edition. Yeah, let's start it out right just like that. Welcome into a Monday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. Uh, we're so glad you're joining us on this day. Yep, he's got a big one. That was a big fly for Taylor Walls. Take that, Carton and Roberts or whoever you are. Uh, yeah, Taylor Walls, what? Yeah, thank you, Yankees. Um, boy, uh, the the Rays had a chance to sweep them out of the Bronx. Oh, I would love to be sitting here today just calling out Carton and Roberts and like, look at these cheaters. But we get a split uh, with a bullpen that right now is just 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 absolutely kept together by duct tape and scotch tape and whatever. But the uh, the Rays survive, I guess, the weekend in the Bronx, and uh, what could have been a sweep turns out to be uh, a two-two. But that's fine. You know, you can play 500 ball the rest of the way if you're the Rays and win this division. So that's just fine, especially when you're in the situation that you are. Welcome to the JP Peterson Show this morning, as we are brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group. J-E-E-V-E-S lawgroup.com, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C dot com. we got a great show for you today. Rich Hollenberg's going to join us at 1015. Uh, we haven't had Rich on since the damn season started, so which is crazy. So we'll we'll get to uh, Rich today at uh, 1015. And J.C. Allen from the Pewter Report, who was out at rookie uh, minicamp all weekend long while I was uh, playing pro Padel. I got my PPL hat on. By the way, good morning, Nick Geddes. I know you want one of these, don't you? That's I got a sweet one, look at Pro Padel League. I saw a lot of your yeah, video. Yeah, PPL, baby. I saw a lot of your video looking out. And some of Casey's friends, by the way, are big Daddy Yankee fans. And are they now? Yeah. Who was hanging out with Daddy Yankee, and, by the and way? Somehow, huh? J.P. Peterson was hanging out with Daddy Yankee over this weekend. I got a sweet picture. I have to post this. I'm getting it from the official photographer. of me and da- like I'm, I, We were interacting a little bit on the court. But this picture is just me and him. And he's like smiling at me. And it looks looks like he actually knows me. He doesn't. Uh, but we, we, you know, we were kind of hanging out a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. Dude's got 49 million followers. You know, I'm, I'm to jump on those coattails. And he's one of the new owners in the PPL. He's going to own the Orlando team. So we have a Miami Orlando team, but we don't have a Tampa Bay team, but they're playing their PPL cup here up at uh, Zephyr Hills. And um, I'm going to talk too much about it in the beginning here, maybe a little bit later on. But I'm gonna tell you what, man, this sport, dude, you think pickleball is cool? You think pickleball is cool? You saw some of this stuff. You see some of these points? No, it's, it's insane. absolutely insane. It's it's so hard to even like. Crazy. Ask. I'm like, what's going on here? Did you see him run outside the court and knock it back in? Did you yeah. see that deal? Yeah, and I'm like, I need like a rule book yeah. or something, like while I'm watching this <laughs> this stuff because I'm like, oh, I'm all over the place. But it's just crazy yeah. excitement the entire time. Richie P knows right there. Yo, Daddy Yankee's pretty big. You think that dude is like in the Latin world of music? The reggaeton, as they say. He's the king of reggaeton. And you, you watch Fast and Furious, all their promos, Gasolina, his, his song. I mean, that's as big, it's as big as it gets, man. He, this dude is huge. He's probably, like, he's probably yeah. like Bad Bunny before Bad Bunny. 
Right, probably. right. And this, let me tell you what, this dude had a bodyguard. Ooh, ooh. I mean, he was like, he had the sunglasses on the whole time. He was just like, he was just scanning the whole freaking time. That was one mean looking dude. Um, so, but anyway, it was, it was a really cool vibe out there. We'll tell you more about it as we go through the show. But uh, uh, a lot of fun at the Pro Padel League. And they're going to be here for the next four weeks. So you guys should just, I know it's Zephyr Hills. It's a little bit of a haul, but they got a really cool setup. It's fun, something different. You, you'll love it. You'll really, really love it. It's really, really cool. All right, let's get to the race. Um, we'll dive in here. We're going to have Rich on in here in a second. But, uh, you know, yesterday was, you know, it was, it felt like almost every game, right, was, get a lead and try to survive with the bullpen. And, you know, Pete Fairbanks is coming back probably on Tuesday. That's going to, you know, move everybody back into lower leverage situations, which is great. Um, I still don't know if it's enough from a, from a bullpen standpoint. Uh, this, and, you know, we find out after Rasmussen pitches like he did on Thursday, just lights out that he's injured now. Um, they, you know, of course they always say it's not Tommy John. Don't worry about that. Well, and then it's Tommy John. So uh, what are your thoughts on it, Nick? On Rasmussen's injury? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw it and I was completely stunned because we came on here on Friday and we talked about how great of an outing he had with the seven seven shutout innings. And we didn't even say it on the show, but we were like, there's never going to be a pitcher on this team to ever get a complete game. Like, why was he taken out after 76 pitches? And little did we know it was because that he had something flare up there while he was pitching. And just the fact of the next day, you hear what they said. Um, uh, I forgot the, the technical word for it, but, you know, essentially right where usually you have Tommy John, your senses kind of go up a little bit. And then the fact that they kind of put him immediately on the 60-day DL or IL. They didn't mess around with 15-day or anything like that. It was right. straight to 60-day. So you know he's going to be out for, what, 8 to 10 weeks minimum, Drew Rasmussen, if he avoids surgery. Uh, it's not great, and this and this is kind of you know it's it's good that the Rays are able to get this split against the Yankees, like you mentioned, and they're still winning games and all that, and that's great. But at some point, it's like where are they going to break? And I'm as time goes on, I'm not almost looking for the I'm not looking anymore for who's going to regress in the lineup or what's or this lineup's going to regress as a whole. I'm looking at how are they going to keep this pitching together because yeah, I'm exactly. seeing some very alarming things from the bullpen, obviously. And now the starting rotation, you just took spring. If you put Springs, Rasmussen, Glasnow, and Shane Baz in a rotation, that'd be one of the best four-man rotations in the league. And that's yeah, your, Shane McClanahan, it, yeah. Yeah, and put McClanahan in there. That's the best rotation in the league probably. And you got four-fifths of that that are just sitting on the I.L. right now. And also of note, Shane McClanahan, I don't know if you noticed, his, his velocity was down on this start yes. on Saturday by two miles yep. per hour. So I'm like, and his, and his control was off. And his control was off. So I'm like, is something going on with him? Did he see all these injuries? And now he's like, maybe I need to take it a little easy. I don't know what's going on there. But all of a sudden, the pitching has become, a, I don't want to say a major concern, but it's a concern nonetheless right now to this team. Yeah, it's weird. It's like maybe like when you see all your teammates go down like that, you know, the power of suggestion, you're just thinking about, oh, I don't want to get hurt. I got to, you know, I, I don't know what goes through these guys' heads, but it's alarming. I think it, what, nine, nine players, pitchers have gotten Tommy John yeah, surgery second, for second the race. Second most in since, baseball, yeah. Second most in baseball since, what, 2016? Yeah. I believe, maybe. I mean, if you're one of the healthy guys, how can you not? Like, what is going on here? Like, what the hell is happening here? I I, I just, you know, we don't know what the medical situation is. And I, I don't know if, 
if but you have to if I'm the Rays, I mean, I'm sure they've done a deep dive into this. Like what are their their best practices? What are they doing wrong? Get a consultant. Go find Leo Mazzoni. I mean, <laughs> like, like I mean, he 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 was the king of having guys throw during, you know, we've talked about this before with John Smoltz. And they never had any arm injuries, never. And they 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 threw all the time. They threw 110 pitches. I don't know. Maybe guys just just coming up these days. They they don't play other sports. All they do is play baseball. You know, when, when Smoltz was growing up, he's playing golf. He's playing. He was a great basketball player. He was a football. I mean, all these guys were multi-sport athletes. And now, you know, pitchers just kids from the, about the age of 10 or 11, they get into specialized sport. And if you're a baseball pitcher. You're, you know, you're playing baseball season, then you got your your summer league season, then your spring league. It's like they're pitching almost year-round. And by the time they get to the bigs, they've probably thrown, I don't know, 10,000 more pitches than maybe some of these other kids did coming up. I, I don't know the answers. Uh, I'm, the Rays are a smart organization. I'm sure they're doing deep dives into all this stuff. Uh, but it's, a, it's no question. It's, it's definitely something that is unique to their team. It's an epidemic, and, though, around the entire league. I think pitchers this year are getting hurt way more at a at an alarming rate right now. And a lot of things is it is it the pitch clock because everything's sped up now. Like there's a there's an argument to be made there if the pitch clock is affecting some of this stuff. Uh, but I think the whole thing you kind of touched on, and I don't want to go down the whole rabbit hole because it's such a large conversation. Uh, how youth sports right. youth sports just go into high school sports, into college, and then pro. Right. There's a whole like epidemic there, that whole process of how we get there with kids not playing as many sports, travel ball coaches forcing you into playing one sport when you're like 10 years old, right? Yeah. I mean, I faced my first curveball when I was like nine. Why am I facing right. a curveball when I'm nine? <laughs> like, I could barely hit a fastball, number one, and you're going to throw that at me. But why is that pitcher throwing that at nine? It doesn't make any sense. Right. So it's yeah, a When large, I was growing up, it was a like a hard, fast rule. You didn't throw curveballs till you were in Pony League, which I think was 13. Like, coaches would not allow players, young players, to throw curveballs until they were about 13. That was like a hard, fast rule in our Little League. I remember it well. It's like, oh, no, don't do that. Don't throw the curveball. That Coaches would tell you that all the time because guys would start messing around with it. You know, they want to see what they can do. We're like, nope, don't do that. You'll kill you. And that's just gone out the window, obviously, right? So, I don't know. Yeah, let's talk more about the team. And, you know, it is good that they came back. And, and Taylor Walls, you know, that was a great – and even uh, Zach Eflin kind of mentioned that in his interview, a uh, little, little shot at uh, Carton and Roberts up there at WFAN um, talking about that. So we'll hear that in just a second. Uh, but overall, you know, the offense has just been tremendous, and it was all weekend. Uh, Taylor Walls, Yadi Diaz uh, came up huge, and then now he's got a groin injury. But it sounds very slight. It sounds very slight. And I I, I got to feel like sometimes these guys can play through a lot of these injuries, but they just get so, you know, gun shy that they don't want to turn it into a major injury. And when you have a groin pull, that's exactly what you can do. So it's smarter to shut it down, especially when you have a, you know, when you are got a record like they have right now. There's no reason to to push it. I know you want to keep that pad and I think what they're only four games up on on the Orioles. Yeah, Baltimore um, just can't stop can't stop winning right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot and they've got to they just they've got to weather the storm yeah. right now. Um it does feel though a little bit like I like the split was great and all but it does feel a little bit like a series that got away cuz they they really could have had a sweep in this one. I mean, they had a lead in the 8th inning of every game if I'm not mistaken. 
at least in the two games they lost. They had leads in the eighth inning and blew those. And I think in the seven games they played the Yankees, they've scored the first run uh, first in six of those seven games. So they've been able to jump on this team. Uh, You know, and McClanahan, too, like how often is it going to happen where you get a 6 nothing lead? And I said to myself, I'm glad I didn't put it on Twitter because I almost did, but I said it to myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, six runs of support for Shane McClanahan in the fifth inning. This game's over. Good, like I'm yeah. done. I'm going to go do something now. It's okay. And what did I do? I actually went to go do something, and I checked my phone, and it was you know 6-4 to four or 6-5 to five right away. And I'm like, oh, here we go. How many times is that really going to happen? Right, and we've seen this uh, twice often. between these two teams, just vice versa in the same week. I mean, this has been a this has almost been a really weird seven game set where it's been really tight and mistakes have been magnified. Uh, but again, the Rays at least what are they up four two on the Yankees or is it four three now in the seven game set? So these teams are really close yeah. together so far. Well, why don't we just go ahead and bring in the expert, Rich Hollenberg, and uh, the. Uh, he is the absolute principle of positivity. We love him. He is the he is the best. And uh, you know, and, and Rich Holleberg, Valley Sports Sun, thanks for joining us. I think what you could say is, you look at this injury list. This team should be twenty games under five hundred. <laughs> if, if I could say, it. when you look at the the number of injuries, right? You you can make that argument. I, I mean, I, I remember talking with you guys before the season started during spring training and saying, if everything broke right, meaning. All your key players had close to career years. Everyone stayed healthy. Then I think this could be a 95-win team. Uh, I, I heard a little bit about what you were talking about before I came on and how you know the 2-2 split doesn't feel that great. Listen, they're 31-11. and 11. They're yeah. still on pace to win 120 freaking games. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Let's right. face it. But could they be a 100-win team? I absolutely think they can. Um, you know, the injuries are certainly key, but with Rasmussen out and Springs out, I still think you have viable options in Taj Bradley and in, in, in Yanni Chirinos. Let's not forget that Luis Patino is sitting in AAA. The fact that they haven't called him up yet is maybe a little bit of a cause of concern for me. What, mm-hmm. what haven't they seen from Patino to give him an opportunity? But I think first and foremost, they need bullpen help. Um, You know, no one really feels that strong sense of confidence like you did when Jason Adam would come on in the eighth. In the eighth, yeah. would be in the ninth. Now it's patch, 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 and cross your fingers that Jason Adam's good for the ninth. And that's not going to win you a lot of games. With that said, they could play 500 ball the rest of the way and still be a 95-win team. Yeah. And, you know, Fairbanks is coming back on Tuesday. I think, if I'm not mistaken, and Nick, you can help me out here, weren't they trying to uh, make Patino into a reliever now? Yeah, uh, that's, kind of take- that's what they're doing right now in Durham is they're testing him out as a reliever because he just hasn't yeah. been able to find the, the control as a starter so far. Right. Yeah, and that, Wade Davis. Kiss of death with Tampa Bay. Right. right. It is a race to strike one. That is their philosophy. Get strike one and go from there. You saw what happened with Javi Guerra. That was a little bit of a push the panic button move, bringing someone back that they got rid of last year. He couldn't find the strike zone. They DFA it. Yeah. I mean, if Luis Patino comes up and can't find the strike zone, we might not ever see Luis Patino again. He's yeah. got to figure that out. Getting in the strike zone is of premium importance to the Rays, especially in the bullpen, but you see it in the starters also. 
Rich Hollenberg joining us here. I know they haven't announced officially what's up with Dan, with uh, I keep calling him Dennis Rasmussen. You know Dennis Rasmussen <laughs> with Drew Rasmussen. Um, any any insight what's going on there? No, I mean, listen, I just go by you know who my partners in crime are, and Doug yeah. has you know been around baseball his entire life. He's dealt with injuries his entire life, never dealt with an elbow, but. The other guy, part of our team, who is a pitcher, was a pitcher, Brian Anderson. He got cut twice, two Tommy John surgeries, and forwent the third Tommy John surgery. He was supposed to have it and decided it's not worth it. And that's unfortunately where we're at with Drew Rasmussen. I don't know anything. Let Let me start off by saying that. I don't know anything more. I think right now they are being as precautionary as they could be by saying let's rest and see what happens. Um, But if it is the prospect of you are looking at a third Tommy John surgery, I don't necessarily think that spells the end of Drew's career. Um, When I use Brian Anderson as as an example, JP, that was 15 years ago. I mean, a lot has changed. A lot has improved. Technology, medicine, all that stuff. Themselves. Right. Could he deal with and come back from a third TJ? Who am I to say that he couldn't? He possibly could. But I think the reason they are putting him immediately on the 60-day IL and saying we're going to rest and see what we could do is because they are, let's just call it what it is, they are afraid if he goes under the knife a third time, that would be one time too many for Drew. And it's heartbreaking because he was as good and reliable as it gets at doing what we were just talking about, right? Controlling the strike zone. He was yeah. as efficient a pitcher as the Rays have had, and certainly as nice of a guy as there is in that clubhouse. So we're just we're crossing our fingers for that as well. And and that performance he put out on Thursday was huh. as good as you can pitch. I mean, he gave up a couple of hits, I think, but um, it, it, I, you can't pitch any better than that. that. That's just by by luck of the the draw, they got a couple of hits. He was so precise with everything. The, the curveball was so tight. It, he was unhittable. And then you're like, what? And when, when Nick texted me on Friday, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. You've got to be kidding He was so good. He yeah. was, so if you got to go out, you know, pitching like that at Yankee Stadium, I guess that's if there's any bright side to that at all. And, and 21 straight innings of scoreless baseball against the mighty Yankees. But let's – Let's hope and pray that he can come back and, and give the race something. And Tyler Glass now, we haven't even mentioned, you know, and, and I think the thing that happened at Durham last week was more of really a, a cautious thing. It's like he didn't even get taken out of the game. He sat down after one and was like, eh, it's a little bit tight here. Let's just take a break. So I'm, we're hopeful that he's going to be back sooner yeah. or later, right? Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't. Listen, injuries happen to all these guys, especially, you know, sometimes the guy – we just saw Yandi leave the game with a groin, right? right. And we talked about this in our post-game show. Like, sometimes when guys are built as godlike as <laughs> Yandy Diaz is, you run the risk even more so than average Joes like me and you and every other major league player, let alone us. Uh, you run the risk of walking that fine line of being too perfectly built, that something is bound to go wrong or get tweaked. I would put Tyler Glass now in that same category. He is a freaking Adonis. He is yeah. a freak of nature in terms of his physicality, how he's built, how he's put together. There aren't any other pitchers who look and, and perform like Tyler Glass now does. So does that open it up for 
the potential for injury. I, it's just, again, my very unexperienced and unexpert opinion that it does. The one thing I love that not a lot of people really talk that much about is when Tyler left that game, and I don't know if it was the manager's decision or you know someone in the Rays front office watching every pitch and making the call from afar, or maybe Tyler had something to say about it as well. But the reports were that he blew up the dugout when he went in there. Now, at first glance, that wasn't a good sign. I'm like, he must be really pissed because he got hurt again. But I think he's just pissed because he wants to get back to the big leagues so bad that he's frustrated that any minor setback is preventing him from what he expects to do. Um, Kevin Cash is not a liar. Kevin Cash said it was minimal and it was overly precautious. And the hope is, is that maybe on this next homestand, we'll see Tyler Glass now in the dugout again. Yeah, that, that, would, so. that would certainly be great. Uh, the one good thing, though, is this offense through 40-some-odd games, conti- no regression. I don't see any regression from a, from a full sample size with this offense right now. Back-to-back games with Grand Slams. Taylor Walls, all of a sudden, I mean, wh- what's going on, Rich, with this guy? I mean, this, he was a 185 hitter the last two years, and all of a sudden he's hitting 280. He's already, I think, has his career-high home runs already. And given the way Brandon Lau's playing, do you expect Hannah Taylor to get more of a look on an everyday basis right now? Nick, how old are you? 24. Okay. JP and I are a little bit older than you. (laughs) We remember when athletes and teenagers and 20-year-olds didn't expect everything to happen immediately. Taylor Walls is just like almost every other major leaguer. It's taken him a little bit longer than instantly to figure it out. Uh, Again, I defer to Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash is a Florida State guy. He has known Taylor Walls a long, long time, even before he got drafted into the organization. And he came into this season before anybody saw anything from Taylor and said, Taylor Walls can hit the baseball. And what Taylor did was not only redouble his efforts to figure it out at the plate, but he also remade his body. You talk about an Adonis. I mean, he's not nearly as tall as Tyler Glass now. But if Tyler Glass now was the same size as Taylor Walls, mm. he would look almost identical. He is jacked. He is a specimen now. And he might be the best utility infielder in all of baseball. I mean, he could win a gold glove at third, short, and second. And I'm not even joking. But now he's figured it out at the plate and done so from both sides of the plate. He's still hitting under 200 as a lefty. But most of his home runs have come yeah. from the left side. I think it's an I think it's a very simple case of him being more typical of most major leaguers than superstars are. You know, Juan Soto figured it out right away. Wander Franco figured it out right away. They are the exception to the rule. Taylor Walls is not. It's taken him a, a little bit longer to figure it out, but man, he is figuring it out now and uh I just want to enjoy the ride. You're you're talking about a guy who's one of 10 major leaguers to have seven or more home runs and seven or more stolen bases at this point in the season. Yeah, and, and by the way, he's maybe uh, one of the best utility infielders defensively, if not the best. I mean, the glove is, is phenomenal. He can play so many positions. What what a fi- what another great find by the Rays organization. Yeah, and Gold Knowles, no question about it. And, you know, what about J-Lo? I mean, he just continues to mash. Yeah. And I see, you know, his game has matured so much from last year. You talk about, you know, some guys can't get it instantly. 
it took him a year to kind of, and I think it was more mental than anything to just, you know, calm down. You're not the savior. You don't have to put up 106 RBIs this year. Just go out and do what you do. And I love what I'm seeing from him. He looks, we were talking about this last week. He reminds us uh, a lot of Kyle Tucker, same body type, same, you know, swing, same athleticism. And look what Kyle's doing. I I think, I think JLo can do the same thing. What do you think? Yeah. Well, the, the biggest difference right now is that Josh Lowe, maybe shockingly, is not an everyday player. I know. That's, it's crazy. That's a, a, that's a good indication of the depth that the Rays have. Uh, but I also think I, I sound like some philosophical Yoda when I keep bringing these type of points up. But there is no failure. There is only learning. You don't lose, you learn. And for someone like Josh Lowe, it's easy to forget that when he was in trips, when he was at Durham, He was the stud. He wasn't a stud. He was the stud. So he comes up last year. He struggles on the struggle bus. He was driving the struggle bus. (laughs) And everyone thinks, "Uh uh-oh, maybe he's just a 4A player. He's not a major leaguer. He's a superstar at the minor leagues, but he can't get it done at the major leagues. And Josh Lowe, to his credit and to our organization's credit, saw further down the line than that. They said, Mm -hmm. He just needed that moment in time to realize there is a difference. And then how do we figure out how to handle the difference between minor league pitching and major league pitching? So he didn't fail last year. He learned last year and used that to his advantage this year. And there's no looking back. Um, He's one of the best hitters away from Tropicana Field in all of the big leagues. And if he qualified in terms of at-bats, he'd be top five in the American League in slug top five in the American League in OPS, and he already has those same numbers that we just talked about that Taylor Walls has. The combination of power and speed from Josh Lowe is, again, to use that word, freakish, like yeah. all-star level potential. If he played every day, we'd be talking about him and Yandi and Wander and Randy Rosarena as all-stars. All four of them would be all-stars right now. So I I got you though. By the way, with what you said about Taylor Walls, and you could say the same thing about Josh Lowe and Isak Paredes as well about the whole instant, the instant we want it instantly, right? Because remember we were talking about this last year with Josh Lowe. But my next question though is when it comes to Brandon Lau specifically, because I have years to go off of with him. I know he's hot and cold and streaky, and he can carry your lineup for weeks, or he could be a detriment to your lineup for weeks. I think like he's been the last two or three weeks here. How yep. long do you think the Rays can afford to, given the success of Taylor Walls and Isak Paredes, guys who aren't everyday players really at the moment, they kind of platooned around a lot, how much longer can the Rays kind of wait for him to come around, at least batting him in that three and four hole, you think, before they kind of have to go, you know what, we got to put him down in the lineup or we just got to take away some of that playing time a little bit because it's just not working out for him right now. He's barely seeing any fastballs as it is. Yeah, Nick, I think that is the burning question right now with Tampa Bay. Um, And you know what? Denard's fan who is working with us this year brought up a a great point. If the team was losing or struggling at all, this would be glaring because everyone would be looking to point fingers. Why are the Rays just playing 500 baseball? Why have the Rays lost six in a row? Why are the Rays not in first place in the division? But – you can't say any of that. They are far and away still the best team in baseball. I, I should edit that comment. 
it freaks me out every morning when I look at the standings and see the Baltimore Orioles are unbelievable or four games back. It is just it, I can't wrap my brain around that, but it's true. Um, but with that said, uh, the Rays winning is buying Brandon more time. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yesterday he had two RBIs. Uh, the day before he had a pinch hit, and Kevin Cash is singing his praises like he hit two home runs instead of you know, popped out and grounded out. And because the Rays had runners on third, he gets RBIs for that. Brandon is maybe the streakiest player, certainly on this roster, maybe at all of baseball. I don't pay that close attention to everybody else. But I think what, what Brandon's potential is, is much different than what, say, a Taylor Walls' potential is. I think Brandon's a better second baseman than people around me seem to think, like voices who I trust say he's a good second baseman, but he's not a great second baseman. Taylor Walls is a great second baseman. But let's be honest, Taylor Walls is not going to hit 30 bombs. Taylor Walls is not going to even approach 30 home runs. Maybe he'll get to 20. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe at the top. <laughs> okay? But Brandon Lau showed us he could hit 30-plus home runs. So that track record is there. I understand it was a couple of years ago. But the prospect of getting... 30-plus home runs and close to 100 RBIs is still so coveted and so tantalizing from that second-base position that I guess the Rays feel like it's worth it to keep him in that three-spot or that four-spot because everyone around him is hitting so well that it doesn't take away from the offense as a whole. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I've asked the same questions. Why wouldn't they put Josh Lowe in Brandon's position and put Brandon down the order, maybe take a little pressure off him? Right. The one thing I could say about Brandon Lau is he takes hitting more seriously than anybody else, and maybe that's to his detriment. Yeah. I feel like he micromanages everything and yeah. every at-bat, and um, it maybe moving him down in the lineup would help him with that. I agree. Then again, the people who know him best, Justin Sua, the mental skills coach with the Rays, Kevin Cash, Chad Matola. You, Brady North, the list goes on and on and on. I'm guessing that they know something better than we know. Yes. Say it's better off keeping him where he is right now. With all that said, his contract is getting close to being up. Mm-hmm. It's a sweetheart deal with the Rays. And I would bet that there are some other teams who would be willing to pay that kind of money and take on the rest of that contract for, again, the prospect of a second baseman. Yeah getting you 30 home runs. Yeah, if there's ever a time to trade him um, and you get some value for him, it, it would be now because you certainly have his replacement right there. There's no question. And, and shame on you saying Taylor Walls can't hit 30 home runs. <laughs> what, what are you? What is this, Carton and, and, and Roberts? What is yeah, this, Taylor WFAN? Walls. You don't know who Taylor yeah. Walls is? What the hell's going on with you, Hollenberg? Come on. I'll take 25 home runs and 80 <laughs> RBIs all day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> How about, how about our boys at WFAN? I mean, that was – that was. I mean, listen, if you don't know the sports radio game, folks, you could when you, we saw them do it, I was like, oh, here we go. This yeah. is, you know, they were just – you could just see their faces like, we're going to throw it out there. This is going to get so many clicks. It's going to yeah. get us so much attention. We're going to take so much crap for this. They know exactly what they're doing. We had fun with it. Everybody had fun with it. But, you know, it did, it did kind of come back to bite them in the ass a little bit with Taylor Walls. There's no doubt about that. Hey, there's one word that you have to say to anybody in New York, New York, let alone the talking heads at FAN, scoreboard. Scoreboard. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it, Nick. We got a 4-3 series lead right now. Six of the seven games were one-run games. Yeah. It's going to be like that with yeah. this team up until the bitter end because my guess is that the Yankees aren't going to spend the entire season in last place. And at worst, they're going to be able to play spoiler, and they have enough talent to do that. So the Rays are going to take them really seriously, and I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of the remaining six games that these two teams play with each other are going to be of the one-run variety. Yeah, I tell you what, though, um, everybody's watching Rays baseball now, Rich. You guys are getting huge numbers. Uh, congratulations, by the way, on all the Emmys. I see them in the background there, another one this year. Uh, you guys are doing tremendous work. I love I love the the local guys, Denard and Matt, uh, joining Doug. So it's one big happy family, and uh, we, lo we love our Bally's, and we hope uh, we get more of those games and as, as we go through. So thanks, buddy. Appreciate you coming on, as always. We won't wait a month again. That's my bad. I'd wait a month more to have you on. I know you don't. I know it's good by you, but we need to have you on more. So Listen, according to my calculations, a month from now, the Rays are going to be, what, 50 and 20? <laughs> They're going to be halfway to 100 wins. It'll be great. If they can do that with this – pitching staff that they're keeping together with duct tape then who you know who knows i wouldn't put anything behind this team it's 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 incredible thanks rich appreciate it buddy great being with you guys the great rich hollenberg right there um all right we'll take a quick break we'll come back we're going to talk some buccaneers uh with uh jc allen at 11 15 but we'll sneak a little bit in we'll hear from some of the guys here well we got some great personalities in this rookie class we learned that this week um, Dave Canales is making a big, big impression on a lot of people out there. There's a lot of good buck stuff to talk about. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and do that. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention from a great law firm there. If you've had a, your car totaled in an accident and you don't think you got what you deserve, well, that was probably the case. And you can get money for that. So uh, email them at JeevesLawGroup.com. That's J-E-E-V-E-S LawGroup.com. Tell them JP sent you. Or if you have any other legal needs as well, those are the great folks to, to call you. You heard Scott Jeeves on with us uh, last week. Very approachable dude. Super nice guy. He'll pick up the phone and chat with you about whatever your issue is. So give him a call at uh, the Jeeves Law Group. J-E-E-V-E-S LawGroup.com. Back in three. Are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. 
I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 less after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance Free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. 
All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Jump on that True Body machine, get an appointment there. They'll uh, just go to the website. You can get an appointment just about any time, four hours, after hours. Uh, they will make uh, the accommodations just for you. That's what they do. It's all about personal attention at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, whether it's nutrition, you want to lose weight, testosterone replacement therapy, Game changer, guys. Got to get on that. Uh, whatever it is, you've, you've heard Chris Lugo on. He comes on with us every week. Can't today, but he'll be on next week. Um, just giving great advice. Really approachable dude. Just unlike any doctor I've ever, ever worked with. He is just hes so good at explaining everything and giving you the why, which helps with your motivation. So if you want to get back in shape, if you want to just get your immune system tuned up, which is something that's very important these days, um, he's, he's the guy to see Bay area, modern medical center, B A M M C.com. They do it the modern way, modern techniques, modern supplements, all that good stuff. Not just, uh, giving you some prescription pill to, to mask the symptoms and sending you on your way. That's not the way they do it there. They attack the root cause of whatever your issue is. That's Bay area, modern medical center. All right. Uh, before we get to the, uh, the bucks, couple of, uh, comments coming in from our, uh, esteemed, Chat group, RJ Martin um, says, morning, guys. Wish we could have held that lead Saturday. Would have loved to have taken three out of four from the Yankees, but I'll take a split to end a rough week. Yeah, that was the one that really got away. You know, Shane McClanahan, you're up six zip. Um, but in that uh, little band box that is Yankee Stadium now, um, it's just, it's never safe. How many, never fr- safe, how many freaking home runs did you see the Yankees hit that you just go, this Mickey Stadium, Mickey Mickey Park. They need to rename that thing to Mickey Park, especially the one yesterday that I think Cabrera hit. It was 355 yeah. feet, and it would have been a home run in zero other ballparks. Other parks. Zero. Yeah. And you could tell Dwayne and Brian have had enough of that. They, they're they usually pretty even keeled about everything. And Dwayne especially is like, a, he, has, he has no tolerance for that, nor should he. It's, it's a joke. Uh, Richie Pete. Stating the obvious, yo, Daddy Yankee, pretty big dude, I know, right? That's who I hang out with. I hang out with Nick Geddes, right? So, uh, you know, only the biggest and the best. Yeah, me and Daddy, no question me and about Daddy Yankee belong in the same conversation forever. Yeah, he's a really cool guy, too. I mean, 49 million followers? Holy heck, that's a lot. It's like I'm tagging him in, like, everything I put on social media, too, when he was there. Um Richie P says, Snyder says the entire league is seeing this because speed is up everywhere, but that doesn't explain the Rays bottom line. Um, you know, I don't know if it's the pitch clock. To me, to me, it, it may be more of the spider tack. I don't know. I, you know, that's how Glasnow got hurt when they, they immediately didn't allow the spider tack. And now the guys are, you know, they're mixing the rosin, the sunscreen, and the sweat. They're trying to get that same spin. You see Garrett Cole's spin rates are back to where they were. I don't care. Something's going on there. I'm not not saying he's cheating. No, not saying he's cheating. But, you know, my eyes, the spin rates are what they are, right? Um, So I don't. I don't know, but it's 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 all around the league, and it's but it's definitely disproportionate to the race. No question about that. Yeah, another comment from uh, uh, RJ here. Oh, you go ahead. You go ahead okay, with Lonnie's. All right, Lonnie says, your shoulder wasn't even developed enough to throw. It had to wait for the cat whiskers to start growing. Yeah, Lonnie remembers. Like, back in the day, we, they wouldn't let you throw curveballs until you were, like, 12, 13 years old. No, like, that was That was strictly forbid. Strictly forbid. Or at uh, least where I grew up. 
RJ said, playoff Brandon Lau scares me the most. I remember those seasons where he couldn't buy a hit in the playoffs and was hitting great all season. And, and this is why I do have, he's probably my number one concern with this team right now, is, is Brandon Lau. I, I don't like streaky hitters. I can't, I, in two for 46, like that's just so on like one side of the spectrum of being streaky. I don't know how you can continue to trot him in that three to four hole. I think everybody's wondering that question. I think you need to take the pressure off him and put him down. You got guys in the bottom of the lineup. Luke Rayleigh has hit eighth in the lineup a million, like a few times this year. I've seen Paredes hit down there. Low just to me is for whatever reason he's the eight hole hitter. I don't get it. Just move those guys up a little bit because those guys have much more confidence. Taylor has earned a spot obviously in this in this starting lineup, and because of that playoff success, that's the other thing. If he's not going to help you during the season right now, I know he's not helping me in October. So yeah, and he's on such a great contract an easy one to move, I think I'd consider it. Now, are the Rays going to get that radical? I'd probably lean towards no. I think they love Brandon Lau, and they want to give him every shot, but he's killing you right now. And he's not. How many, when is anybody going to throw him a fastball? You don't have to throw this guy one fastball. Get one. Why, why would you? And here, here's the other part about that, and what Rich mentioned was such a great point. Uh, you, well, the Rays are winning, so you've got a little bit of a luxury to try to get him out of this, right? But it's also a curse. When you got guys behind him that are better players and are hot in playing and we're putting them in other positions and you're, you're putting, you know, a Brandon Lau in the three hole, which is going to affect your offense. Look, I know they're, they're 30 and 11, right? Um, but you know, it could be better. It could, it, you don't want to, you know, you, every win is, is important, right? Every win is important, whether look it comes the, in May division. or it comes in. Look at the division. So, Right. This is why only you four have, games up. You're uh, you're 31 and 11, which is fantastic, right? If you'd have told right. me that we were 31 and 11 through what is that 42 games this season, I would have no, said, oh, we that. probably have at least an eight game lead or something like that on the division. Right. We're up by four, and you just played the last the last place team in the division. Do they look like a last place team in the division? No, I don't think so. No, in fact, I think they'd probably be in first place in the AL Central. And I think they'd be like a game out of Texas for first place in the AL West. That's not a last place team. And that's a yeah. team that's not even in the playoffs right now. And we already saw how tough Baltimore is. So, yeah, it'd be kind of a stinger if you get off to this kind of start and you're not able to win the division. And that's the ultimate goal, right? So, right, exactly. So, you know, yeah, we got a pad, but there still needs to be urgency. And when, when you're, you know, you're two for 43, Jesus Christ, two for 43, bro. That's, I mean, a blind man. <laughs> and that's why it's like there's so much in his head. You could just see him just like he's overthinking stuff. Just go up, see ball, hit ball. AJ says, why do we keep pitching a Rizzo? That's a good question. That's <laughs> a raised killer, man. I, yeah, I, I, felt, I, think, I felt better with my chances against Aaron Judge this weekend than I did against Rizzo. Right. Boy, and that boy, Judge's shot – Adam thought it was out. I did too. Boy, if we if we ended the weekend like that, oh, oh my gosh, we would. I saw that ball. I was like, oh, thank God. We would have. That probably, would. That this would, could have been a. This show would have been a lot different to start out. Yes, this it one. would. <laughs> no, it would definitely would. We'd be. We'd be like, what are they thinking? Let's go. All right, let's uh, move on to the Buccaneers uh, this weekend. The rookie mini camp. Um, we're starting to see some of these young kids come in and impress and. Look, you know, we got to put the disclaimer out there. It's underwear football. I mean, these, this rookie weekend is more about getting to know guys, telling them where their locker is, it's, it's show them where they they shower and pee. I mean, that's what this weekend is about. Is that? But you know, when you go out there 
and you make some plays and there's reporters out there, you know, it's May. We get it. Who cares? Let's talk about it. It's NFL football and we're getting excited, right? I don't care. I'm not going to apologize for it. And I'm not sitting here saying this means this guy's going to be the greatest football player in the world. But when my man, when my man, Servassier Dennis, is out there snagging balls with one hand, going up and grabbing them and running them back for touchdowns, I'm going to come on here and say, the Voss is the boss. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see this cat hit somebody with full full pads on. I'm going to have to wait a while. But uh, I could turn on my Pittsburgh tape and watch he and Kalijah Kansi run around knocking the crap out of people. But until then, it's good to see them in Buccaneer uniforms. Good to see their athleticism out there. And again, I and we're gonna have JC Allen on. He he was out there the whole weekend. He'll be able to talk more about it specifically. But I listened to their podcast all weekend long, and I trust their eyes. Scott Reynolds listened to his. The, the, the two of them were on after day one, and telling you what, man. This group, they, we may not have three Hall of Famers in it, but I think we've probably got five or six guys that can be solid starters, solid contributors in this league. And if you can do that in one draft, that is a freaking home run. And all these guys have some specialty. Um, they have some specialness about them, right? Each yeah. one, even, you know, you look, even Trey Palmer out there, the, the six round pick from Nebraska. Who's it's a legit, you know, six foot, two hundred and five pound receiver that can run was the fastest receiver at the combine. I mean, and and put up over a thousand yards at freaking Nebraska. This, you know, this is a guy that can do what we need him to do, and that's take the top off the defense. You get him in the sixth round. Come on, dog. That's great. Yeah. You know what my biggest observation of this weekend was? Just looking at the videos and photos. It was actually a still photo that I believe Pewter, Pewter Report might have captured or the Bucks did. Did you see the photo of Yaya Diaby just yeah, standing? Yes. This guy looks like NFL ready, like body day one. Like holy hell, man! I he is huge. This guy is huge. And then I was reminded that he also ran what again in the forty yard? Four six four four five six. Yeah, he was like he was like right under four six or something with that body size. This yeah. dude looks yeah, like a, he's a this dude looks like he's a, a freakish freak, athlete. Man. I mean, you could see yeah. the the traits jump out right away when you see him. And then I saw some of the drills. He moves really well. I hope this guy can set the edge or something because if you were to just tell me who I'd <laughs> who I have more hopes for right now, him or Joe Trey on Joinka, uh, whoever wants to break out, that's fine for the betterment of the team. But I have high hopes for Yaya Diaby to hopefully be that guy. And because of the late ascension, he's got so much better football ready to go. So he was my big observation, just this, his, the way he looks out there. And, uh, excuse me, I love, I love his story, too. Um, a nice story in the Times about his uh, having to become, a, um, you know, take a job at Atlanta Hartsfield Airport. And, you know, earlier didn't get a lot of offers, was kind of smallish, and is now just growing into his body. And these guys that are late bloomers, you know, to me, they have the speed and athleticism. They, they retain that speed and athleticism of a 200-pound kid, right, where, yeah. where he was in high school. But then when they put on the weight and they keep that athleticism, they just become elite dominant athletes because their mind still works that way. They, their mind still works as a quick twitch 200-pound athlete, even though they put on, you know, Warren Sapp was kind of like that. You only play tight end in high school. 
And he was like, what, 230, 240, you know, as a freshman. And, saw, and, and it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But he never, he never lost that athleticism of, of a tight end. He could run like a tight end. He could run like a receiver. And I think the, these are the guys that really can explode when they get to the NFL. Once they learn the techniques, um, and his technique is already pretty damn good. When you turn on the tape, he's got some nice moves. And the desire is there. And we hear, you know, we hear these stories of him, you know, being a film rat. I mean, all these guys just have those character traits of loving football. And that's what we're getting to see in the rookie minicamps, getting to see in the interviews. Um, and Servassier Dennis is one of those as well. You know, captain of the team, um, leader of the team. And he jumps right in and shows that, you know, he can do that here in rookie camp as well. And made some, made some big time plays, but... It's again. It's the presence of some of these kids that um, that I think is so so impressive. We got a, uh, some sound from the Voss, as he wants to be called. This is um, let's do number five, Nick Dennis, on learning from Devin White and Levante David. Well, first of all, let's hope Devin White is even here for him to learn from <laughs> throughout this season. How about that? That's the real question. Do we, do we hope he's here? It sounds like you're already ready to put him up, put him out to the woodshed. To be honest, give me a two. But anyway, Bye-bye. here he was. Uh, I haven't had a chance to communicate, but uh, trust me, I can't wait to. I just want to pick their brains and you know see how they operate. You know, not only on the field but off the field. This is this is a professional league. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be a pro on the field and all. So I just want to see how those how those guys maneuver through really everything. Um, and they're great leaders. They're great uh, people to be around. So I just, I, you know, I just can't wait to be around them. I, I love the uh, maturity you hear there. I love the, um, you know, the willingness to be humble and learn. Um, and, and you just listen to these guys talk and you just can't help but be impressed. Help but be impressed. Like we got another soundbite from him talking about uh, his mentality on the field. Well, it's definitely deep within, you know. Um, it's just a game that not everyone can play. Um, but, you know, just, just being that cerebral to the game is, I think, important. Uh, especially, you know, when a lot of people say you aren't big enough, you aren't strong enough, fast enough. Uh, I try to show them, you know, that really doesn't matter. It's about the knowledge of the game, um, how to attack things, and, you know, to execute plays. So um, I take that very serious. and. You know, that has gotten me this far, so. Yeah, love the mentality, man. That is is good stuff. And, again, you know, will Devin White be here? We don't know. But um, we'll hear from Todd Bowles here in a second on Devin White. But uh, I'm okay if he's not. You know, and I think he's – I think perhaps Devin has seen the message on the wall from the Buccaneers that if you don't want to come to work – that's fine. We got your replacement. You want to go earn your contract? You can do that too. But I get a sense that, you know, some people in the organization, let's just put it that way, have really soured on the way Devin White has handled this. The door is always open, obviously, and they love to have him come back into the fold. And I think maybe that's that's underway. I think some of that repairing has started on Devin's part. But, um, there's nothing like there's nothing like drafting your replacement to get guys. This is hey, that's the business, man. That's the business. 
And if Devin White wants to take that as a challenge and come in here and kick ass and say nobody's taking my position, out of boy, well, out of boy. Well, if Cervasier he wants to take it as an insult, Cervasia did us though. Let's be real; he's supposed to be Levante's replacement, right? He's supposed to be Levante's replacement, but we've heard other things based on the way that Savasi Dennis plays, and even this this undrafted Jeremy Banks from Tennessee. This isn't the these two guys are not KJ Britt, to where right. they're not giving you any challenge whatsoever, right? Even for as poorly mm-hmm. as Devin White has played, these other guys, Savasi Dennis and Jeremy Banks, they will challenge you. So that's the thing. It's like long term, they want one of these guys to definitely fill the gap of Levante David, but at least in the short term, right now. They're absolutely going to push Devin White. And when it comes to Devin White again, and we've talked a lot about it, really, realistically, I don't think this guy's holding out. The second it starts, we start the window of him where he has to get fined, uh, he'll be right back in the building, tail tucked, and he'll be back on the field, and we'll see what happens. I don't believe for one second we're approaching a holdout here situation because I don't think Devin, it, it wouldn't make any sense for Devin to just start losing money. When he's looking for money, if that makes sense, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't add up to me. So I, I don't think we have a holdout coming here by any means. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'm not putting that beyond Devin White. From what if you know, if he's consistent in his behavior, then he'll do. He might do the Roquan Smith come to camp so I don't get fined, but don't don't play kind of holdout. Um, but I think I think that the Bucks have done a great job, a great job in covering their ass if he were to do that and, and taking away a lot of his leverage. I think it's taken away a ton of his leverage. And if I don't know who's advising Devin White, but if I were him, um, there's, only one, there's only one way to attack this, and that is come in and kick ass. You know, Like I said last week, I'd come in and say, look, I apologize to the organization. Um, you know, I, Blame it on your agent. Who cares? You know, I was given some bad advice or I was – you know, just I, I've had a goal all my life to be a hundred million dollar player, and I was a little butt hurt that the that the Bucks weren't ready to give me that money yet. But that's okay. I've talked to my coaches and my and my teammates, and and they're absolutely right. The best way to go do this is to go earn it, and I'm going to go out and have my best season ever. And if the Bucks want to pay me, I'd love to stay here. If they don't, then I'm going to put the greatest tape out there ever, and there will be teams standing in line. Who's who's not going to love that speech? Who's not going to love that speech? Is that easy? Let's go. Is that easy? That, it's that freaking easy. Yeah. I'll write it for you, Devin. There, I just did. I just wrote it for you. Here, I'll put it in front of the podium, and you can just read it word for word, and then we'll we'll move on. Well, but, let's, you know, well, let's scrubbing to, your uh, social media stuff. Me, yeah. Me. Well, let's listen to what Todd Bowles had to say, because he spoke Friday, and, he, of course, he was asked about Devin White. Uh, and let's see right here if he thinks it's a big deal or not. Uh, no more conversation. The offseason's all voluntary, so it's not really a big deal right now. So there you go. Short and sweet from Todd Bowles is that it's not a big deal right now because everything is voluntary. So, again, you continue to hear almost two different things, no, from from Todd Bowles and from other coaches on this staff. Again, that Todd Bowles is not concerned about it at all. First of all, congratulations to Todd Bowles for uh, getting his uh, uh, doing the uh, the graduation thing this weekend at Mount St. Mary's, uh, doing the commencement speech. Great job, and what a tremendous role model 
He is. I love I love Todd Bowles. As a dude, he's just the best. But man, I have a problem with that. <laughs> it's like it's not a big deal right now. You know, your other players are there. They're there. As I said last week, you know what? Being great is voluntary. These may be voluntary workouts, but if you want to be great, get your ass in there with your teammates. If you want to be a great team, that's what you need to do. If you want to be a great player, that's what you need to do. If Devin White thinks that he's, you know, his game has uh, has no no room to grow and he doesn't need to be at voluntary workouts, um, I'm sorry. That's, look, I understand they're voluntary. I get it. I get it. And maybe you're working out other places. But when you've got a situation like this where you're moving on uh, from Tom Brady, you're trying to set the culture, and you're one of the leaders of this team, and you're – you know, I don't care what you say about, oh, that wasn't an Instagram post saying I wanted to be traded. That's exactly what it was. And you've requested a trade. All that stuff is there. All right? And how the head coach can sit up there and say it's not a big deal is beyond me. And I know that's just for public consumption once again. But, if you know, where, where is the uh, – maybe there's a kind of an unwritten rule for some – coaches and staff that you when you're asked why guys aren't at voluntary workouts you're supposed to say it's okay it's voluntary I get it um you know because if you start talking you know at the podium and saying you know he should be here I would like him to be here and all that stuff you know from a CBA standpoint from a players union standpoint that may be um you know one of those things where they say look you know we're going to have these make these things voluntary we don't need coaches out there demanding players be there even though it's voluntary so i get th- i get that part of it but i think there's also a way to you know um to kind of intimate that i'd rather him be here but especially in this situation and you don't even talk to ha- have to talk about him being at the voluntary workouts you could just talk about what he's done you know it, it, off the field and the the comments that he's made i if i were the coach i'd be like yeah that's not what a leader does that's not what Mike Evans is doing. It's not what Levante David has ever done. That's not what uh, some of the best leaders on this team that have, have ever done. So it's not the, it's not the current buck in your way. Is the way I not. the way I view it right now. If you're trying to change a culture and that's what one of your leaders is doing, um, and he wants to trade, and you've drafted his replacement, I say you know you don't. Sure, it's voluntary. Fine, that's fine. But you know it's not. You know, I feel like we've talked about this just way too much. Let's let's just move on. Uh, you got one more uh, uh, soundbite on uh, Bowles on how Servassier, the boss, fits with this defense. Let's hear Todd talk about Servassier, Dennis. Inside linebacker. Servassier played a lot of what we play here. He played in college. You know, he's very bright. He can play multiple spots. Uh, he can cover, he can blitz, he can scrape, he can do a lot of the things. I and mean, he's a very heady football player. You know, you don't usually get that later on in the draft. So felt good about that when we took him. Obviously, Banks was a heck of a player at Tennessee. They had a good defense. And he just knows where the ball is. And on tape, he found the ball. And hopefully here, he can do the same thing. Yeah, see, that's where we say that he plays Levante David's position. You know, I, I think, you know, right now, especially in the Todd Bowles defense, these these positions, they're positionless, right? He can play either part of that. It's just a matter of where you're going to blitz him from, you know, how much you're going to blitz him, how much you're going to let him play coverage. You know, he did a lot of blitzing in college, so I think you kind of got a rap that he wasn't good in coverage, but he certainly has the speed and athleticism to do so and get coached up in that. So, 
you know, I think I think he's good enough to play anywhere. And again, we're not saying that Servassier Dennis is as good as Devin White. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, if we got to pay Devin White twenty million dollars a year, is is it worth that? Is he that much better than Servassier Dennis? And could that money be used in better places at other more high impact positions, edge rusher? When when Shaq, uh contract is up, uh, you know, defensive tackle, defensive back. Uh, a shutdown corner, any of those. I mean, I'd rather pay a shutdown corner $18 million than I would pay an inside linebacker $18 million. I'd rather pay an impact safety who can play in the slot and do a lot of different things than I would pay an inside linebacker. I'd rather pay an outside rusher than an inside linebacker. I'd rather pay a dominant defensive tackle than an than inside linebacker. So it's, it's way down the list for me in terms of expending. You know, you're going to have – in any roster, you're probably going to have three or four guys that you can pay top dollar at their position, and that's just not one of those positions I'm going to do. I think it's one of the you know you can find guys to play that position at that level. Yeah, I, I really hope that one of these guys hits, or you know, in a great scenario, both of them hit, and you could take yeah. linebacker instead of paying twelve million dollars for a linebacker. I mean, what what is Servasia Dennis's deal? Is it probably what a million oh. a year, probably? Not even that. Not probably as a fifth round pick. Probably yeah. just it's probably yeah. even below that. So you get a ten, yeah. if I can get a, that difference in that position that it really is not the biggest need of a position around the league, and I still have a player under contract like that for four years. I think that's in the best interest of the Bucks. The same way I feel that if it, this is not the year for Joe Tryon Shawinka and we get a repeat of what we've seen the last two years, if you hit with Yaya Diaby, or you hit with Jose Ramirez. Well then, guess what? I don't have to sign Joe Tryon Showinka to a mega That's deal right. eventually. I can keep this guy on the rookie deal for a while, and that'll allow the Bucks to kind of catch up a little bit on their books. And again, whenever you have, you, whenever you inevitably have to face the quarterback dilemma, probably after this year, you know it's gonna it's gonna be in their best interest to have money to play with if they have to go the veteran option route. So those are they, this is a huge draft class, like we've been saying. And again, if you follow all these draft gurus and anybody who pays attention and really studies these guys, everybody says the Bucks got a home run. And I don't know if that's yeah. going to be the case, but it has that feeling to it right now. And also, too, real quick, uh, just, a, just an aside, I didn't put the sound on here because it was kind of tough to hear, but Cody Malk, did you take him, by the way, for being a Taylor Swift fanatic? Was that on your <laughs> bingo board when we drafted Cody Malk? Well, people don't think I'm a Swifty, but here I am, right? Um, but Cody's a little bit more menacing. Cody's a little than bit me. more menacing. Yeah, menacing's a good yeah. word. You don't have that bite yeah. to you. Listen, I, I think I think Tay Tay's music is a little misunderstood. It touches us all in, in a special place. Even the even the big rough and tumble guys, and and, and I'm sure uh, we could have a long conversation, Cody and I could about this. There's some some great songs in there. You know, ours is you know. Uh, and you know, the, and the times I spent with my daughter playing those songs on the guitar—are you kidding me? It's just that's—it's in my heart. We bonded. I don't know what Cody's story is, but I'm, I'm an unabashed. Well, it sounded Swifty. like it sounded like and I'm a little sad. She's got a new boyfriend already. You know, you know. I thought I had my shot. She dumped. She dumped the other guy, and like a month and a half later, she's already got a new boyfriend. I'm told. I was like, what? What happened? We don't. We don't even get a shot here. Like, we get nothing. We don't get nothing. And then, I don't, and by the way. Month and a half's a little quick. Maybe there was a little something already cooking in the hopper. I'm saying, Tay Tay. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. Maybe write a song about that. But stay tuned mm-hmm. later, though, because when we get to a certain subject on a certain player, I got a Taylor Swift lyric to bring to the table that perfectly describes it. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, quick. That's a great tease right there. All right, quick, <laughs> quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to get into a little bit of the NBA, some big stories in the NBA, the Game 7 yesterday, the Game 7 flop by the Sixers and James Harden. You were awful. You were awful yesterday. And this, that dude can, can decide on his own to make $36 million next year. Oh, my God. All right, quick break. Back in a minute here on the J.P. Pearson Show. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. 
Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance Free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show here. We got JC Alley coming up here in just a little bit. Wanted to do a quick, um, quick rundown on the NBA and some of the NHL as well. Um, yesterday, a Game 7 where... The Celtics just absolutely blew out the Sixers. It was a tight game for a couple of quarters, but Jason Tatum went absolutely bonkers yesterday, scoring 51 points, breaking Steph's record in a game seven. Didn't last very long. Um, you know, I was watching the highlights of this game, and, you know, one thing I can say about Tatum, he didn't miss many shots, but he didn't take a lot of tough shots. He took a lot of good shots. I thought Philly's defense, especially their perimeter defense, was not good. Not good at all. There was a lot of open threes, and to his credit, he knocked them down. Even when he went to the bucket, it was soft defense. I mean, soft. I, I watched uh, this. I, I, yeah, I watched this game live yesterday, and I and I actually tuned in when it was sixty-two to fifty-five Celtics. Okay, believe it or not, this game was sixty-two to fifty-five, and it was still up for grabs. And I caught it right at the moment where the Celtics went on a twenty-five to two run. And when I tell you this is some of the worst basketball I have ever seen from a team, let alone the fact that this is a Game 7. Just in general, the wor- this is some of the worst basketball I've ever seen is what Philly played. Zero defense. You got Joel Embiid trying to guard Jason Tatum at the three-point line. No chance at no. all for Embiid, who, by the way, also dreadful, as were his post-game comments, if you saw those. Uh, and then the what did six- he say? Uh, he, he went up there on the post game and said that, you know, basketball is a team sport, and me and James, we need more help from everybody. Everybody else has got to figure out a way to get better so we can win. And it's like, bro, bro, y'all combined for 24 points, and you're the league, you're the league MVP, which I'm here to tell you right now, Joel Embiid is the biggest fraud of an NBA MVP that there probably has ever been. That was embarrassing what he put out there on what he put out there in a game seven. That was awful. Yeah, a... a, a- MVP should be able to take over a game, right? And and listen, it's a little bit harder when you don't have the ball in your hand all the time and James Harden's turning it over and going three for 11, scoring nine points. I mean, it, he was awful. Harden was awful. And then you go back to game six when they had it on their own floor to win and Joel Embiid just disappears in the last four minutes, doesn't even touch the ball. What the hell's going on there, Doc Rivers? Al Horford, um, Al, Al Horford outplayed Joel Embiid. Yeah, Al Horford. You, 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 <laughs> Who's like seventy-five years old, and but he plays his ass off. He plays hard, and he's always always been that type of player. We go back to Florida when he won those back-to-back championships. The dude is a baller, and he doesn't quit. And and that and Tatum, and that's the thing about Embiid that bothers me is sometimes I don't think he has that killer mentality. He does like you just like LeBron does, like Steph does, like you know the real MVPs that Joker does. Like, they just take over the game. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you throw at them. 
And I don't see that from Joel Embiid. And, and, and by, Harden... You know, and by the way, Philly deserves this. Because at one point, Philly was really good and well-rounded when they had Jimmy Butler and they had Al right. Horford. You know what they That's said? Right. Yeah, we're good on Jimmy Butler. We'll take, we'll take Tobias Harris. We're good on Al Horford. You know, you we'll- imagine Jimmy Butler being on that team. If Jimmy Butler is still on that team, they would be a, they would be the NBA champions. Yeah, they own, that no year in 2019 where Kawhi made that shot in that game seven, I think, to send Toronto through. I thought Philly had a shot to win the finals that year because of Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he's a baller. That's a guy that has the will to take over a game. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, and now um, Harden's got a $36 million player option next year. I don't know why in the hell he would not pick that option up. I mean, there's talk of him going back to Houston and someplace else. I don't know about that. Um, but if I'm the Sixers, you just got to add to it. I mean, you know, that's the other thing, Joel Embiid, is you guys are taking up 90% of your salary cap. How, how do you expect it, you know, to get any other players? I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. That's another city that I have zero love for, and I love nothing oh, more than the fact that the Phillies <laughs> lost in the World Series, the Eagles lost in the Super Bowl, and oh, now the man. beloved 76ers blow a 3-2 a three lead to lose. And Doc Rivers, by the way, has lost 10 Game 7s in his career. 10 Game 7s. Do you think he's back? He says he wants to come back for two more years, but I think Philly needs to... I Do think, they want him back? I, <laughs> there's a lot of really good head coaches on the market right now. Budenholzer and Nick Nurse being the big two. And if you're Philly... I don't know how you continue with Doc Rivers. It's something. Something's off on that team. Something is really, yeah, I mean, really off. It, and I, I didn't, would have to go possession by possession. But you know, for Joel Embiid to not touch the ball in the final four minutes, the head coach has got to take a little bit of responsibility for that as well, does he not? I, I'm sure. But Joel Embiid, you're the MVP of the league, man. You, if you yeah, want the ball, it, it starts with the player. It if starts you, with if, the player. If you want the ball, I think you can get the go ball. Go get it. That's right. Uh, I, I agree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But yeah. Coaching might have a little bit to do with that. All right, quick break, and we're going to talk with J.C. Allen of the Pewter Report. He was at Rookie Minicamp all weekend long, so we'll get his first-hand take at what uh, he saw this week. So quick break, back with J.C. Allen, Pewter Report, brought to you by Italiano Insurance. Great time to check that insurance out. Your homeowners, your auto, your life insurance, whatever your insurance needs are, call 813-877-7799, and a human being. We'll answer the phone and help you. How about that? Italiano Insurance has been doing it locally for 60 years. Back in three. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life 
changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them jp sent you get a free consultation It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. Show brought to you by the great folks at the Gold and Diamond Source. I uh, hope you got your mom something for Mother's Day, maybe a gift card from the Gold and Diamond Source. That would have been a great idea. And uh, go shopping, Mom. Take that stuff over to the Gold and Diamond Source. The best staff, the best selection, great folks. In fact, uh, Julie and Steve were up in Washington, D.C. I was texting with them this weekend uh, to accept two awards, uh, one for small business uh, uh, accomplishments at the White House, so pretty darn cool. They're getting these national awards, and Julie also got an award for her work with uh, domestic violence victims, which, of course, is so well-deserved. So they do such great things in our community, folks. So we just ask you to keep it local here and not that you're not going to get the greatest price and the greatest selection. You get all that, plus they're great community benefactors. So it's the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Omerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. All right, let's welcome in our good friend J.C. Allen from the Pewter Report. While I was off watching Pro Padel League get started this weekend, he was at One Buck Place watching these Buccaneer rookies run around. What's up, J.C.? How are you, my friend? What's going on, guys? And, uh, yeah. Great uh, great time over there at Bucks uh, rookie minicamp. Uh, but I heard you guys are talking about Celtics, a little Jason Tatum. So, yeah. Shout out to my are you a Boston fan? Down in Game 7. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I'd have I'd hate to say this, but um, that was a hell of a performance by Tatum. But the competition was a little lacking, if I can say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Embiid uh, and Harden just uh, dropped the ball in that game, huh? Yeah, they did a lot. They dropped it a lot. <laughs> gave it to gave it to the Celtics a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no question about Thank that. Well, we want to talk some Bucks football. But with I'm you, here my for friend. Bucks football, so yes. uh, let's talk a little bit about Bucks rookie minicamp. Yeah, what did you what did you see? What were your first impressions? I listened to your whole uh, podcast, and by the way, the, Scott and JC did one on day one, and then a couple other guys did one on game two. I forgot all your, everybody's name, but I apologize for that. But y'all did a great job. I got some great information, so I wanted to get you on. So let's start with my man Servassier. Dennis, I love this cat. I'm going to steal his name, um, and he impressed uh, on the field and off the field. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, just in the press conference, you can just tell the type of kid he is. I actually have had the pleasure to speak to all of the draft picks, positional coaches, and um, just speaking with them, you know, you can tell that the theme of this year's draft is they drafted high-character guys with very good work ethic. These guys put in the extra hours, the extra time. Devontae Dennis spent all of the last offseason before his final year at Pitt watching, you know, all pro play, all pro linebackers in the NFL, all the semifinalists for the Buckus Award winner, um, just all the top linebackers in the country. And uh, one of the biggest knocks on him, because he was such a good pass rusher at, at uh, Pitt, and they used him in that, in that way at seven sacks his final year, um, was his coverage ability. Can he be a good coverage guy? Talking to his coach uh, at Pitt, he said he's going to surprise some people. You know, like, uh, we didn't ask him to do that. We asked him to get after the quarterback because he's one of our best rushers, but he's going to surprise some people in coverage. What does he do day one? Uh, no big deal. Just drops into coverage, high points the ball, makes a leaping interception, runs it back for a touchdown. And then as many of you have seen, day two, um, didn't have the highlight play uh, in team drills, but the one-handed interception after in one of his positional drills, just going up, leap, leaping, almost <laughs> Jordan-esque, the, the way he, he pulled it down, but... Um, yeah, I think this is a kid who's very smart, understands position, um, and he's going to contribute um, in a variety of ways, whether that's special teams, something he's did all four years. He, he told us a story that when he was um, at college his freshman year, one of the guys who had pro prospects uh, told him, if you're going to make it in the NFL, you've got to play special teams. And that's what he's done. He's been the personal protector on punt the last three years. Uh, he's going to help this team in a variety of ways. We talked to Larry Foot last or two weeks ago, and we asked him, you know, because you know you didn't really have somebody in that role that could be that third linebacker uh, in, in certain packages with that experience as as a blitzer. Uh, no offense to KJ Britt, he's more that two down thumper, but Savassier brings that ability to blitz. He's like, well, is that something we might see? And he kind of gave us a smirk, shrugged it off, and was like, no, that's not happening. But. Uh, he, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a good player. He's got two good players. Whether you hate him or love him, Devin White has done some really good things in the league, and especially Levante David should be a future Hall of Famer uh, to pick their brain. And, and you know that's gonna help his development as well. And he could be. I don't want to name him a fifth round pick, the heir apparent to Levante David. But as far as um, you know, intelligence wise, as far as work work ethic, character. And, and ability, uh, you know, he uh, he really impressed over the weekend, that's for sure. And obviously, you know, a big thing the Bucks wanted to do with this draft in this offseason was get more athletic, and they put that out there. And when you look at what he brings from an athletic standpoint and, and certainly throw Yaya Diaby in there, which that picture of him just standing there, I mean, this guy is a behemoth of a person, and it looks like he has an NFL-ready body. Uh, did you see that kind of come through here? I know it's early, but the athleticism that these guys could bring to this defense. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you, you look at him, and, and yeah, he's, he's rocked up, right? Uh, you know, he's definitely got an NFL frame. But one of the things that really impressed me is his bend, his ability to just get parallel to the ground. Um, you know, and obviously he's got amazing speed, 4 or 5 speed. Another guy, you talk to his coaches, and they just have rave reviews about the type of person he is, the type of character he is, um, you, you know, studying NFL players and um, only one-year production, uh, really, you know, strong production. But I think, you know, you look overall at his body of work as his growth continued to get better. You, you really saw what he developed into at Louisville. 
Uh, I think he's going to be a fantastic player for the Bucks. Jose Ramirez as well, the other edge rusher. They drafted in the sixth round of Eastern Michigan. Another guy with great bend, um, really good ability, undersized, but he gets to learn from one of the under, best undersized linebacker, outside linebacker edge rushers in the league in Shaq Barrett. Um, you know, when he talked about this is a guy who, talking to his coaches, they'd come back from scouting trips or whatever in the offseason around 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, and, and they'd find Jose Ramirez running steps. And we, I asked him about that, and he said, you know, I could have been out partying and doing this and doing that, but, you know, how is that going to help me? How is that going to make me better, you know? Yeah, I'm sure he still had plenty of good college experiences, but as a guy who bounced around from, you know, Arizona to the JUCO level, and finally to Eastern Michigan, breaking Max Crosby's single-season record of sacks, um, he's a guy who puts in the work. Uh, another one of these athletic guys, high character, good production, puts in the work, uh, his coaches said they'd, they'd come in early in the morning, uh, turn the lights on in the meeting room, and he'd be fast asleep with tape running. He just fell asleep watching tape all night. Uh, so that just kind of proves to the character that these guys have. And then, you know, you look at Kalijah Kansi. I mean, the get-off is real with him. Uh, on, on Saturday's practice, he burst through the line on a low snap to one of the tryout quarterbacks uh, and had a would-be sack. Uh, I posted some some uh, pictures as well and videos on, on my Twitter page um, of him just doing positional drills, and you can see the get-off off the ball, his quickness um, and, and his ability as well for a guy his size to, to, to achieve that bend. And you, you see him vertically running around the, in, in the drill, and it's just uh, really impressive what the, the, what the guys they got on the defensive side as far as their work ethic, character, speed, athleticism, and skill and production in college. J.C. Allen joining us here from the Pewter Report. I was going to ask you about Cansey and also uh, Cody Mauk as well. Where do you think he fits along the offensive line? We've been told that Matt Filer looks like he's going to start at left guard, which, you know, again, PFF isn't the end-all, be-all, but he certainly didn't grade out very well last year. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be giving away positions. And I don't think they are, but they got to put somebody on the depth chart, right? But um, I, I see those interior positions, those two guard positions being wide open. And what do you think about uh, – Mount getting one of them. Yeah, with, with Fowler, you've got to think, too, last year, San Diego's offensive line was decimated, so he was just trying to do the best he could. With Worf next to him, with Jensen on the left side, I think he's going to have a have a you know a really good season. Uh, big body, this is what they want. They want these big guys up front compared to last year when he had Chuck Mason and only 6-1 at guard. Cody Mock, they want him to win that right guard. It's his job to win. It's not his job to lose by any means. But they mm-hmm. certainly would love to have him there. I know Jensen already, you know, talking about him and Filer on both sides of them are going to F some people up. So uh, Jensen's hyped <laughs> up. But I, I think, you know, with Cody Mock, it's just continuing to learn. I asked him, uh, you know, I've been talking to him, you know, recently and asked him about that switch from the left side to the right side. And he's like, it's just, it's something that I did, you know, in college that it's just going to transfer my skills to the other side. He doesn't think it's going to be a big deal. He, he loves the coaches that he's learning from. I posted some videos up there and just him taking uh, what the coach is giving him and then showing it on the next play. He's a very smart guy. He, you know, he's, he's picking up the offense fairly quickly. Um, so I, I think they, they want him to win, but by any means, you know, they're not starting, uh, you know, starting to name any of these guys as, as a starter. Spire's going to have to earn it. Mock's going to have to earn it. 
They have several players that have experience playing with Robert Hainsey, Aaron Stinney, um, mm-hmm. Nick Leverett, uh, John Moulton got some snaps in there, can play center and guard. Um, and then Brandon Walton, who uh, Coach Goodwin said, you know, he likes his fit better at guard, but he's going to be also in the mix at tackle. So they've got a plethora of guys um, that can do multiple things on the offensive line, and that's what you want, right? Another guy, Chris Murray, who plays left uh, right guard at, at Oklahoma, He's he's now transi- transitioning to the center uh, to the center position as well, but gives you okay. some flexibility as that undrafted free agent signing. So they they definitely have a, a handful of bodies there. I know a lot of people are worried about the tackle positions kind of being right there uh, with Gedeke getting that opportunity on the right side. I, I have no doubt they'll bring in somebody at some point to kind of solidify that. I do know they're high on their young guys, whether it be Walton, Dylan Cook, who's had a year of progression after being a quarterback mm-hmm. and in college and making that switch. A uh, guy like Justin School, who's done it at a high level for the San Francisco 49ers. So they've got some guys there. I expect them to add, you know, maybe a veteran to the competition. But at this point in the offseason, you're going through minicamp OTAs. They really don't have much money to add anybody as well right. uh, because they're tied up against the cap right now. Um, but, you know, I, it's a wide-open competition. Um, and I think you'll see the best guys win it. And I know the uh, right now, the Bucks hopefully prefer that's going to be Filer and Mock. But any, you know, if someone steps up and plays better than either one of those two, they're not going to hesitate to start them. We've got a lot of young, good athletes in the interior right now. And, and looking at like the offense in general, and I know we we saw Canales spoke last week. And I mean, first of all, if, if you can't get fired up listening to Dave Canales, uh, I, I've never oh, played, a, I've never played a lick of football in my life, and I feel like I would love to get out there and play for Dave Canales. And I'm sure you, given your interactions with he who will not be named on this show. I'm sure you love probably listening to get real explanations <laughs> to things, some more deafness from, uh, from Dave Canales. But have you been able to glean anything from what he said here at these press conferences of how this offense may, uh, may shake up, how it may look from a schematic standpoint, what we can kind of expect there from him? Yeah, I think first off, yes, night and day difference. Like night and, he'll tell us stuff without even us asking. Yeah, so it's been <laughs> amazing. We're not getting these bland answers. I actually had uh, time to talk to him a little bit one-on-one at, uh, on Friday's practice in minicamp, and we are just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze. Uh, of course, as, as a Boston guy, I had to ask him about what happened on the goal line, and he went into detail, and that was really cool to finally, you know, get some insight on what happened there. Uh, we'll talk about that off-air. But as far as I brought up <laughs> analytics and, and the usage of analytics in football and how he uses utilizes them in the offense, and he uses them as a tool. I'm like, no way. Sure, you use analytics. <laughs> and like, so, but anyways, yeah, fired up. I mean, this guy gets you fired up. And you look at what he's planning to do on this offense, obviously make it, you know, uh, marrying that run and that pass game together. The Bucks have a plethora of receiving weapons. Rashad White's prime for a breakout year. The guys in the, in the, everyone's a buzz. You can see it from the coaches, from the players, talking to some of these offensive linemen, you know, outside of, uh, outside of one buck place, they're excited for the ability to go in there. They feel like it really fits them. It's an offensive line friendly system, a quarterback friendly system. You see what had happened last year in Seattle with Geno Smith over four thousand yards, two thousand yard receivers. It's a it's a very um, it's a very friendly system to the offensive players, and, and it's updated. It's fresh. It's continuing to evolve. It's got its hands in different places from different coordinators that he's been. Obviously, we talk about you know Shane Waldron and you know who is McVay's coordinator, uh, coordinator of, or who worked with McVay and with the Rams. 
Um, so it, it's heavily involved in that. But everybody else, Schottenheimer and all these other guys, Pete Carroll that he's worked with, he's taking bits and pieces of these offenses and putting it together to form his own playbook and his own system. And, you know, you look at the success, even when the Seahawks had terrible lines, right? That was the thing with Russell Wilson yeah. a couple of years back. Like, he wants them to invest in the offensive line. Well, they still were averaging over five yards per carry when they were running the ball, 4.6, sorry, uh, like about 4.6 yards per carry every time they ran the ball, even with those bad offensive lines. And they were still generally, you know, in the top half of the league as far as rushing the ball yardage and everything. So, you know, they're going to put a heavy emphasis on the run. Um, it's going to allow their athletic offensive linemen to get in space, uh, which is going to open up things for the wide receivers as well. Sheesh. Obviously, you know, if you get that running game going, uh, you, you've got to, as a defensive player, you've got to respect that. Last year, there was no respect to that. There was no changes, no creativity. This offense is going to be very creative uh, the way they, you know, utilize different skill positions at, at, in different areas and, and moving guys around pre-snap motion and really just being uh, an effective offense with both run and the pass. Of course, we've got to see it, um, but everything he's right. saying, everything you watch the tape, everything you look at, it, it gives you really uh, high hopes. All right, JC, great stuff, my friend. Uh, he's got an article up right now about a couple of guys that were signed uh, out of rookie minicamp, so check that out as well. Lots of great information on Pewter Report. Yeah, check out the podcast. They signed two more of them, too. Oh, did they? You got yeah, they signed T.J. Brewer, the former XFL guy, and then okay. uh, Kendrick Whitehead, safety out, out of Delaware. Not sure if he's related to Jordan Whitehead, but we'll figure that out. <laughs> okay, cool. Go to Pewter Report. You'll get all the information right there, and uh, – Highly recommend the two podcasts from this weekend on both of the um, uh, rookie minicamps. So get more information uh, from the Pewter Report guys right there. Thanks, JC. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, not a problem. Always a pleasure, guys. Talk to you soon. And I won't be rooting for your Celtics. I don't. I don't know who the hell to root for now in the NBA. My 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 Dubs are out. Um, I can't I can't root for the Lakers. Can't do that. I mean, That's got to be the Nuggets. Are the Nuggets? Got to be the Nuggets. The Nuggets are the safe one. Uh, Miami. Yeah. I told you my general rule is like when my teams have gone out, I, I look for the Florida teams, and the Heat are not a team that I tip. I, I don't have a problem with the Heat because I really love Jimmy Butler, and I want to see that guy get rewarded with a ring. Uh, He's a ball. He, you know, I, I, have, I, I've always disdained the Heat for some reason. You know, I don't know why, but I don't like them. But I do like Jimmy Butler. I love. He's him. a baller. Yeah. He just he's just just a he's a bad man, and he, he just he always rises to the occasion. Um, I don't know. I just yeah. I I but I got the Joker in Denver. I like that team. Murray, that whole group. Uh, you know, kind of Colorado's kind of my second home. So yeah. Well, yeah, from, I'm going Nuggets. Well, from an NBA from an NBA standpoint, this is a business at the end at the overall uh, standpoint. The the NBA does not want the Nuggets in the finals. They got three huge markets and historical teams with the Lakers, Cel- Lakers Celtics as a final. I think everybody would oh be right. God. That would be of perfect, course. right? Yeah. Uh, but even right. if you get Lakers Heat, you get the rematch of the bubble. That would be pretty cool. And, yeah. and also, by the way, I didn't realize this till yesterday. This is the third time in the last four years, including the bubble, that this is the final four. So as much parity as there's been lately in the NBA, really, and there has been more, this has been the conference finals for, I believe, three of the last four years, these two teams, these four teams, rather. Uh, I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, so this, this should be really – or no, actually, I take that back. I take that back. 
It, this was the the bubble, the bubble one. Yeah, this was the yeah. same one from the bubble because I was like, wait a second, Golden State, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the same from the bubble. So everybody, yeah, somewhere in the finals. Everybody too. said that this wasn't real basketball in the bubble, right? And I think it's funny how four years later it's the same players majority on these teams, and here they are back at it. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, also too, I mean, I know you don't want to root for the Lakers, but it would be cool to see LeBron, I guess go back at it in the finals. I think it's always cool when LeBron's in the finals. So, um, I don't know. I really wouldn't have a problem with many of these matchups here of the ones we could get. Boy, it just, you know, you say Celtics-Lakers, and I have a whole different thought on, you know, comparing this to Celtics-Lakers of the past. I mean, it's not even close. I know this is, this is, old, this is old head stuff. But come on, Bird and Magic and Mikhail and Parrish and DJ and um, Worthy and oh my God, Norm Nixon. That's going way back. Yeah. Um, well, Austin Reeves. I mean, we, Austin Reeves has more talent than than James Worthy did. So what? What are you talking about, James Worthy? Oh my God, he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Austin Reeves like one of the Hall of Fame. James Worthy? Are you kidding me? Showtime, James Worthy? You're out of your mind. You're out of your tree. He couldn't hold AC Green's jock. You kidding AC me? AC Green, get out of here! Get out of here, little <laughs> role player. And, and nobody, no one would hold his. He'd abstain. So, uh, all right, we'll uh, we will uh, take a quick break. We'll come back and get into a little bit more of. Uh, we got some hockey to talk about as well. We got um, oh, we got to get into the John Moran thing too. Holy shiz, this guy! What is wrong with him? What is wrong with this cat? Uh, nothing wrong in American Mortgage Services, folks. My good friend Scott Fitzgerald, who told the greatest story ever on Friday, <laughs> the greatest stadium stadium deuce story ever on Friday. If you missed that, you got to go back and check that out in our last segment. Uh, but he's also pretty damn good at getting mortgages, that's for sure. He will go the extra mile for you to make sure that uh, the fees are the lowest, uh, the rates are the lowest. And don't worry about the rates going up and down right now. They have programs that take care of you for that. Just uh, contact him, scott at amstampa.com. Find out what all the options are. If you think it's not a good time to buy because of interest rates, they have some very creative ways to make it happen for you. So find out what your options are. American Mortgage Services, it's not just about the interest rate. It's about a lot of other things as well. So it's scott at amstampa.com. Back in three. coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 
on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. Joe here, brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. If you've got any legal issues whatsoever, they'll be... Happy to take your call and find out what they can do for you. If you've been involved in an accident, they will give you great personal attention. Scott Jeeves was on with us a couple weeks ago, and uh, we chatted a lot about Gator football, the NIL, and some other sports topics and the legal topics that are out there as well. There's a lot of changes to the laws when it comes to uh, going after insurance companies that certainly are benefiting insurance companies and not you. So there are certain ways that you need to approach these things if you're involved in an accident. Uh, have issues at work, um, so you need an attorney. That's the bottom line, and Scott Jeeves is a great attorney who will fight for you. So go to the JeevesLawGroup.com, and you can contact them through there. Well, Richie P. is uh, making me uh, like some Heat basketball a little bit more. i put this up here. I did not know this. Got to love the Heat. Butler, Udonis Haslam, I do love Haslam. Um, uh, Eric Spolstra has a great youth basketball organization that is teaching kids how to play good team basketball down south. I'm all bored with that, brother. He continues, uh, Met Butler and has them uh, easy to root for, and Spolstra has a great – yeah, absolutely. I like I like it when they're, when they're doing things like that. I did not know about that, so I'll give him a hooray, but I'm still going to root for my nuggets, I think. Um, and he says, also, not a fan of anything Miami, but the Heat actually do things for kids down there. All right, I'll buy into that. I'll certainly root for them against the Celtics. How about that? Oh, any day of the week. Any day yeah. of the week, I got the Heat and Celtics. You give me Heat and Lakers, or you give me Heat and Nuggets. I think I'm all good with that one. Give me, give me your quick um, prediction on both series. Uh, you know, Boston is the more talented team. I don't think there's any question about that. But I think um, Spolster's a better coach, and I think Miami's a more grizzled team. 
I think they they finish better. Uh, they finish games certainly better than Boston does, and that's so huge in these playoffs. I see a tight series, but um, I'm going to pick the Heat in this because I think they got more cajones. I I can say that I said this kind of where I feel like there's something a little off with Boston that's not that's not helping them get to that next level. I'd say. Uh, I wonder, Al Horford's been so good in these playoffs, man, defensively. And, you know, now he's going to have a big test against Bam Adebayo, who obviously is much more of a defensive threat, although his offense has definitely come around, but he's more of a defensive threat, so that's going to be a matchup. But Tatum, I don't think Tatum has been great in these playoffs outside of this really great. uh, Actually, this was the greatest Game 7 performance of all time, I think. I think 51 points is the record. So Points-wise, yeah. Yeah, it was really historic, but... I don't know. They fade in. They to me, they fade in and out of games way too much. And I think Miami probably is more consistent in that standpoint. Uh, Miami's got a lot of really good shooters. Uh, when you think about Duncan Robinson and, and Max Struess and and you know some of those guys, so I'm riding with Miami in that one. Uh, in the West, I'll probably tell you right now, I'm leaning Denver. I'm leaning Denver because again, the Lakers are kind of in that same kind of territory as Boston where I think sometimes they're in games and sometimes they're just completely out of it and I think they can get blown out just as easy as they could win by 30 and we saw that in the Golden State series so they're too much of an enigma for me right now to trust them especially against the the Nuggets who I think are probably the most well-rounded team in the league I'd argue Mm -hmm. Uh, and they've been kicking it at the can here for a few years trying to get to the finals so uh, I'm gonna go Heat and Nuggets right now Heat and Nuggets okay Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna uh, back you up on that. I like the Nuggets here because they're. I think they're deeper. And it seems to me the the Lakers are AD dependent, right? They I mean, are. LeBron's gonna show up. The rest of the guys. I like their supporting cast now that they got rid of Westbrook. They've got some guys that can play and fill in, but they're still, you know, they still need AD to give them 25 and 15 um, to win games, and he's not gonna be consistent. He'll do that, you know, probably. Two, maybe three of the three of the seven games, but he's not going to be consistent. Um, and Joker's size and the Nugget size, I think, will uh, um, probably give the AD a little bit more uh, trouble than than uh, the Suns did or, or the Warriors did. So, I, so I think that's I think that's a difference. And you, if you if you challenge AD and and you expect him to be there for all seven games, I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happen. He's just not that type of guy. He's just he's soft. Um, he's not consistent. Uh, when he wants to be great, he can be great, but he doesn't always want to be great. And you know, if he had thirty percent of what LeBron had in that category, I would say Lakers all day long. But he's got about five percent, and I, I just and, and in the playoffs that matters. You got to you know in the playoffs toughness matters because you got to it's it, like in hockey, right? You, and this is why the regular season, some guys are great and then they fade away in the, in the postseason. It's because you got to have, again, the cojones to get up every other day. You got to ball out every other day. That takes energy, that takes guts, that takes toughness. There's going to be times in the game where you just want to quit and just kind of start running up and down the floor. And that's what AD does. You know, I get, you know, it gets a little tweak here, a little hit there. You know, I got to, you know, put me in a wheelchair. I got, you know, whatever. I just I, you can't count on them. You just can't count on them for a, for a tough rumbled seven game series. So I just I don't see it. Yeah, I don't I, see. It. I don't see I'm either. All right, John Moran. Damn. Um, 
you know, I remember when I first started watching him play, and I just couldn't get enough. I love watching this dude play. He's like a young Russell Westbrook. The athleticism is just off the charts. He just does things that you just, you know, you marvel at. But my God, is he just, he is headed for a very, very bad ending. It is, And it's never been more obvious. Once again, um, on the same, I, same dude with this guy, Pac, who's his running mate, on his Instagram, you know, there's a shot of him holding a gun again in a car, just holding a gun in trigger position. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. He's already been suspended for this. And the first time I was like, okay, so they got a shot of him with a gun. The dude needs a gun. If he's living in Memphis, he needs a gun. There's no question about that. But, you know, and then I heard, I was watching ESPN this morning, and they did a whole, you know, four-minute piece on all the other transgressions, you know, things that have happened to, you know, he went down to the mall because his mom came home and said it was disrespected by someone at the, at the finish line. And he went in there with his posse and, you know, I, I, it's not pretty, right? Things happen to people that he knows and he shows up with, with this posse and they've got guns. Um, you know, there was a, a, a red light pointed at somebody from the Sacramento Kings, I believe. We don't know if it was Ja Morant or somebody in his posse or what happened. There was an investigation. There's just too many of these things. It, there's, there's, there's a half a dozen of these incidents when you shouldn't have any. And you just wonder what the hell's going on with this guy. He's got all the money in the world. He's one of the most talented basketball players in the world. You thought he would have learned his lesson, but he's not. And at this point, you're just, you know, it's going to end poorly. And and hopefully he doesn't take other people down with him. But when you're running around with people like this and everybody's got guns, it, it ends poorly. Well, it he, ends poorly. Other people are running are taking him down with them, I'd argue, as well. Right. I mean, yes. that, that what we saw this over this weekend with that video, it's a great example of people who you think are your friends, they're not really your friends. They're just not. And for this, for to have two separate instances of the same thing within two months, uh, come on, you gotta, you gotta learn better. And ESPN put this guy on their on their broadcast and had him explain himself, and he said he was gonna be better. You know, they sent him to all these classes, right? Which seemed like it was half-assed done. Like he returned like after like a week or whatever. Like that really was gonna do anything. And you know, it seemed like he he said he understood it. He said all the right things, but then to go back and do it again. Man, it's like I understand he's 23 years old. He's 23 years old. There's, some, there's a lot of immaturity there. I'm not saying he can't correct this, but what I'm going to say, and I think you would agree, can we stop making excuses for everybody? Stop making excuses. This is two very serious things. And listen, I, I, a lot of people are talking about this whole concealed carry thing in Tennessee and laws and blah, 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 blah. Here's what I know. It is against the NBA rules for any player to own a firearm. That's a thing. That is a thing that he has broken now twice in a span of two months. You have got to know better if you are John Morant. You're on a five-year, $200 million deal, and you're the face of this franchise, right? And I'd argue a lot of your stupidity is the reason why this team did not go far in the playoffs because I think the vibes of this team were completely shattered when the first incident happened, right? And then to do this now... And I think he's got a long suspension coming. A long suspension coming. It wouldn't surprise me for one bit if he's suspended for half the season next year or maybe Adam Silver goes full-blown year-long, you're done. I just I don't think that he deserves to play basketball right now. The Grizzlies have obviously put that out there, that he's suspended from all 
team activities and everything, but it's just the excuses that we continue. I see it on Twitter. People making excuses for John Moran. Oh, he's only 23, and what about this? Why does no have a problem with this? You know, the the whataboutism that we love to do. Bottom bottom line is the guy has broken the rules of the NBA, very strict ones, obviously, and very serious ones, and and some people want to turn a blind eye like it doesn't matter. It's no. You've got to come hard down. You've got to come hard down on this kid right now, so he can learn. You got to hold him accountable. That's what has to happen here. So uh, he's got to, but he's got time to turn it around. I'm not saying he can't turn it around. Like I said, he's only 23, but at the moment, he's got to be held accountable for this stuff. So I, I did not know that the NBA bans its players from owning handguns. I believe that I saw that. Yeah, I'll double check it. But I was the constitutional I, right. I, I, it's in like the collective and, and a lot of the, agreement. And I, I, have, I have a huge problem with that, to be honest with you, because, um, and I'm not an NRA guy, I'm not that guy, but I understand what this world is like now, and you people deserve to have the right to have protection because I get news for you. The cops ain't coming. <laughs> because we prove, we've, and I love the cops, and I'm a full supporter of law enforcement. They're under so much pressure right now. Their manpower is so far down. By the time the cops get to where you're at, um, you know, it may be too late. So everybody deserves the opportunity. But if I'm John Morant, do what Daddy Yankee does. He's got one, I know, at least full-time bodyguard, and I guarantee you that guy's armed. You don't, John Morant, you don't need it. Go get a professional security guard, not your, not your brother, not your friends, not those guys, a professional security company. Retain them. And have them at your beck and call all the time. And I'm quite sure if if, if you don't have enough money, which you clearly do, um, someone will someone from the Grizzly organization will take that uh, over for you yeah. as well. Here, here it's, it is. It's, here it is. By the way, from the NBA's collective bargaining agreement, players are banned from possessing firearms or similar deadly weapons when present at a team or NBA okay. facility yeah. or traveling on NBA related business, such as a road trip. Fine. I have no problem with that. That that's fine. But you know, in order to protect your home, protect your family, absolutely, I, he, they deserve that right. So yeah, you don't when you're traveling with an NBA party. I, they I, I would hope that they have security available for you there. You're you're going to be fine. So that yeah, all right. That's a totally yeah, different and, deal. And the other part of this too, whether people want to admit it or not, John Moran is a role model. He is a role model. He may have not signed yeah. up for that. Not every athlete thinks they are, but you are. Young people are watching you, and when you're out there showing off a handgun like it's cool and everything, brandishing it or whatever you want to call the correct terminology there, young people see that. They see it. So, all I mean, I already saw Michael Wilbon went on ESPN yesterday and said, I'm not allowing, I told, my son wants John Morant shoes, and I told him, nope, you're not getting those shoes, because you're not going to be modeled, you're, I'm not having you modeled after this kid right now. I mean, this is the real thing. So there's a lot of yeah. layers to this right now for John Morant. And the last one to worry about is basketball, when he's going to play again. Because seriously, this guy has a lot to figure out off the court. Yeah, a lot of self-destructive behavior, man. I'm sure that a lot of people have tried to talk to him, but for whatever reason, he just can't get out of his own way. And uh, again, uh, guns and this these type of ish situations, it doesn't end well. And, I, and I'm really sorry to see it. To, to see it. All right, what else uh, do we have to uh, uh, get to? Uh, the NHL play, the me? NHL playoffs, yes. the conference finals set there. And I don't think we've been on since 
since you know it happened on Friday, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to play that that skit. Oh, that skit the, 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 from the – I don't know if you see I posted it on Twitter, I think, uh, that somebody did one of the um, hockey comedy uh, things I follow about the Toronto Toronto uh, Maple Leafs. They're like, oh, we got we got one more game? I thought that was it. I thought it was the first – oh, there's there's a second round? There's a second round of hockey? Hey, Poppy, did you know there's a second round of hockey? <laughs> no, man, I thought these were just oh, exhibitions. Goodness. I brought my golf bag. No, my this is not a the golf trip to Miami. Like this is the this is actually the second round of the playoffs. They did a lot better than I'm doing it. Um, but it was freaking hilarious. Well, my, so, my my goodness, though, how to how to not show up for a series, right? And your star players doing absolutely nothing, nothing in this series. And I'm I mean, Florida Florida is just a a wrecking ball right now. I think they're going to take this all the way to the final. Hopefully, I'm 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 behind Florida, as you know. Uh, so, but, but goodbye, Toronto. Blow it up now. Just blow it up. That would be great. And, yeah. then, and then last night, also, uh, the Oilers talk about disappointments. Uh, how many more? How many more years can this team disappoint with McDavid and Drysaitel there? I don't know how much longer McDavid's going to put up with this because this what a failure of a season. A failure of a season there in Edmonton. 